Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you from America to Africa and everywhere else. God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We'll be looking today at chapter 34, 35, and 36 in Ezekiel. And today we are in Ezekiel where we are starting off with a prophecy against the shepherds. And um, as uh, some of our favorite uh, verses in the Bible, you know, when you when you have the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's a favorite of mine. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. So it's the Lord Jesus is our shepherd. And we see that over and over that Lord Jesus is going to be our shepherd in the Psalm of David. And then, you know, we see even in the Gospel of John, when we have John 10, when Jesus says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. Then he says in verse 14 of John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. So Jesus says himself that he is the shepherd. So now we are having Ezekiel prophesy against the shepherds, the false shepherds of Israel, the ones who are not shepherding their sheep correctly, the ones who have led these people astray, the ones that have been telling these people it's okay, you don't have to do anything any differently, God's going to just rescue us. He's calling them out now, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds. And whenever you see that word ah, ah, that sort of means like woe is me or a lamenting for Ah, or woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? So in other words, these shepherds are just sitting around instead of taking care of the sheep. The metaphor here is they're just trying to feed themselves and they don't even know where the sheep are. And the sheep are weak because they haven't been fed. Verse 4, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed. You have not brought back. 
the lost. You have not sought. What did the shepherds do? They were neglecting their sheep. Negligent shepherds. Verse 7, Therefore you, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, declares the Lord God. Surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and they have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. The shepherds were sometimes even feeding on the sheep. What a terrible metaphor. What terrible shepherds these were. The Lord will seek them out. So in verse 11, we say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. This is sort of what Jesus was saying he was going to do. He was going to there to call his sheep, and the sheep would know his name. They would hear the sound of his voice. And that's what Jesus is doing. A good shepherd goes and looks for his sheep and finds the sheep in danger. And this is a prophecy towards what the Lord Jesus is going to be doing. The shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will restore them from all places where they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. And I will I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. Verse 14, I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights. Verse 15, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. Verse 16, I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. So this is this picture of this good shepherd in Psalm 23, doing exactly what that good shepherd was described of as doing. Ezekiel talks about this good shepherd. And it also talks about what Jesus is going to do also to the people. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to feed people. He's not only going to feed them physically, he's going to feed them spiritually. Because Jesus not only is referred to as the shepherd, he's referred to as the bread of life. So it's Jesus also, Jesus' life himself feeds the sheep. So he will seek the lost and he will bring back the strayed. That's what Jesus will do for his sheep in the New Testament. Dropping down to verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because um, I will rescue my flock and they shall no longer be a prey. So Jesus will judge the sheep also. He will judge which sheep are good and which sheep are not good. Every person, this is a sort of another um, 
metaphor of judgment, but every Every sheep will be judged. The righteous and the unrighteous will be judged. That's what we saw in previous chapters. When people were saying God is not just. That was Ezekiel chapter 33 back down in, uh, in verse 18. He's going to judge the righteous and the unrighteous. If the unrighteous turn to Him, they're saved. Just as if the righteous turn away from Him, they're not saved. So, Everybody gets judged. He judges the sheep too. Verse 22, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. And he shall feed them and shall be their shepherd. And this is, I think, uh, um sort of a metaphor of a new Davidic king, a new King David. And that's going to be a reference, I believe, to Jesus. Jesus is going to be this new Davidic king. McGee makes the point that he thinks David himself will be, you know, sort of helping Jesus rule. But I just don't have enough insight into that, into the Scripture. And I haven't read enough insight in my study Bible or anything like that. But in any event... There is a strong reference that Jesus will will rule as this new king uh, is going to be a new king from the line of David. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. So again, the Lord Jesus will rule and maybe... King David will be a prince there. Who knows? I, it's it's in the scripture. So um, there's this reference to a a new Davidic king, a new king. Uh, Israel will have a new Davidic king. Uh, there will be a new Israel. Israel will have a new heart and uh, God's spirit. This is what we're going to be reading. Verse 25. I will make with them a covenant of peace. This is sort of a, I think, a reference of the new covenant. And banish wild beasts from the land. Verse 28 will drop down. They shall they shall no more they shall no more be a prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. <clears throat> so uh, a reference that God's going to restore this nation and um, and make it safe to dwell securely. And even today we say Israel's not safe. Everybody's surrounding them. It's like even Asia Minor nations in Turkey and all around are all like threatening constantly every day. And even these nations are threatening like any nation who does business with them or trades with them or does anything. Everything is a threat. But God says, you know, woe to the false prophets and woe to all these other nations around them. And now we see in chapter 35 uh, a prophecy against Edom. Now, Edom was next-door neighbor to Israel. Um, and looking on the map, it's a little bit um, to the east um, there. 
you got Israel, then you got the Dead Sea, and then on the east side of the Dead Sea, you got modern-day Jordan now, apparently, and a little bit uh, uh, in the northern area, you've got uh, Moab, and then a little bit south of that, you've got Edom. So this Mount Seir is sort of a, a mountain range in Edom, and it sort of like identifies, you've got Mount Zion identified with uh, Israel, and um, then you've got this Mount Seir identified in Edom. And as McGee points out, Edom was sort of like um, the brother, you know, of of Judah. You know, they it's it's a people that were very very um, uh, connected to the folks in Israel. It's just over the river. It's just across the across the Dead Sea, across the river. And these people were very um, related, but Edom was always kind of a jealous enemy of the people of Israel. And so this is sort of, uh, even today, um, they're enemies. And so uh, after, it looks like after uh, chapter 34, when they restore, God restores the land of Israel, it looks like he's going to do something against uh, Edom. Maybe in the future, these are sort of forward-looking chapters here prophecies that um, something's going to happen to Edom. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it and say to it, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against you, Mount Seir. I will stretch out my hand against you and I will make you a desolation and a waste. I will make you, down to verse 9, I will make you a perpetual desolation and your cities shall not be inhabited and then you will know that I am the Lord. So um, perhaps this is going to be in some time in the future. Um, God's going to stretch out His hand and judge Edom. And so the reason He's going to do it is so everybody's going to know that He is the Lord. Now, right now they don't know He's the Lord. Um, No one acknowledges the God of Israel, no one over there in the Middle East, but he's going to judge all these areas so that they will know. Isn't it interesting that all these nations are going to eventually know? All of these other peoples are eventually going to know. Chapter 36, And you, son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord, thus says Lord God. And What's going on here? He's there's a prophesy against the land, the mountains of Israel. Now, you can sort of look back historically and say this promised land was an original promise of God to his people. Now, this promise just to his people, I think in the way God's plan was is his people would eventually be for all people, but he was going to use the nation of Israel to start that ball rolling, to start his plan, to work out his plan. And from that nation would come Jesus Christ, and then this promise would be for all people, and then this land would be where um, God establishes his kingdom. 
Now, ever since this original promise of this land to his people, there have been men and nations and rulers disputing that. From the Egyptians to the Assyrians to the Babylonians, the Romans, the Greeks, um, or especially the Romans. There have been so many different people claiming this land. I mean, they built a mosque on the holy uh, mountain, you know, where the temple was. I mean, they have divided up the, the nation. Um, even now, the nation is just a fragment of what it used to be. And so many people claim it. Claim it in their politics, claim it in their religion, claim it in their opinions. And it's like the the land itself has been disputed. So the land itself, this promise was God's word. So God says, I'm even going to prophesy to the land itself to restore my good name over this land because so many people have claimed it in their name. I'm even going to set all that straight. So we'll drop down to verse 5. Thus, excuse me, therefore thus says the Lord God, surely I have spoken in my hot jealousy against the rest of the nations and against all Edom who gave my land to themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and utter contempt that they might make its pastures, pasture lands a prey. So in other words, a lot of times when Israel, the nation, was weakened, people got a land grab. People grabbed land. They tried to divide it up, say, okay, well, this is our land now. You know, Israel's weak. You know, their God is weak, so we're going to take it over. And all these peoples who've come in claiming God's land is theirs, he's going to correct that. Verse 6, Therefore prophecy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains and the hills and the ravines and the valleys, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealous wrath because you have suffered the reproach or the criticism of the nations. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I swear that the nations that are all around you shall themselves suffer reproach or criticism. So in other words, they're going to get what they've been trying to dish out. Verse 8, But you, O mountains of Israel, shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they will soon come home. So in other words, the land is going to be fertile again. You're going to soon shoot out your branches and yield your fruit. It doesn't look too uh, fruitful right now, does it? I think this is forward-looking prophecy too. This is prophecy that uh, hasn't come true. Isn't it interesting that in some of these Old Testament books like uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, we see some forward-looking prophecy, you know? It's like Revelation in the Old Testament. It's completely pointing to something that we haven't yet seen. Verse 16, the word of the Lord came to me. Verse 17, Son of man, when the house of Israel lived in their own land, 
They defiled it by their ways and their deeds. Their ways before me were like the uncleanliness of a woman on her menstrual impurity. So I poured out my wrath upon them for the blood that they had shed in the land for the idols which they had defiled. So uh, this is a really stark picture of impurity. It's kind of a metaphor of impurity. So this land's going to have to be washed just like someone with blood all over them. Verse 21, But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations to which they came. So his holy name was at stake. People had come in this land. This was supposed to be a holy land. They had come in. They had defiled it with all kind of unholy practices. They had broken all God's word, God's rules, and they made the land itself an unholy place. Well, just like someone with blood all over them. It has to be cleaned out. So God's going to restore all this, but He's going to restore His holiness. And it starts with His holy name. God will not even let His name be defiled. Verse 22, Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God. So in other words, here we go. Every time, Ezekiel always makes sure everybody knows these are not his words. These are God's words. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned, profaned among them. So in other words, God's getting ready to clean the land and restore the land first because of His holiness. Not because of us, not because of the people, which are all sinners and wicked. God's doing what He has to do to vindicate the land, to vindicate everything, so he can eventually save the people. But he's going to have to vindicate his holiness first. Verse 26, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and put with, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And of course, you already have a heart of flesh. We know your heart is made out of flesh, flesh and blood. But he's, he's another metaphor to just having a stone heart, a heart who doesn't have any feelings. And that's what he's talking about. So he's going to, a new heart, a new heart that will have heart of love. And he's going to give this heart and this gospel message, this gospel message of love. He's going to show people what love is. The greatest act of love is Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us. Christianity is a is a relationship with Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Verse 29 and I will deliver you from your uncleanliness and I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. So in other words when he when he vindicates his land and his holiness his holy name then He's going he's gonna to raise up the people with a new heart and a new spirit. And He's going to give them His own spirit and deliver the people. 
And verse 35, And they will say, This land that was desolate has become like a garden of Eden, and the wasteland and the desolate and ruined cities that are now fortified and are and inhabited. Okay? So all this ruin, all this desolate city is going to be inhabited again, and this nation, this pretty much little desert wasteland is going to look like a Garden of Eden one day, and it's going to be safe and secure and strong. Verse 36, The nations that are left all around you shall know that I am the Lord, and I have rebuilt the ruined places and replanted that which was desolate. I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So that's how this chapter ends. So God ends this; these three chapters. These are hope. This is hope right here. Hope for a new Israel, a new heart, a new spirit, a new covenant. The land will be restored. God's holy name will be restored. And... Um, all these nations around are going to be brought down. And they're going to know that the Lord God is God. And all these people who've been claiming the land and, and claiming power over this land, the land itself is going to be vindicated. And there's going to be a new king, like a new David, a new Davidic king who's going to rule over them. And he's going to rule over them just like a good shepherd. And this good shepherd is going to seek out his sheep. What a beautiful uh, picture of hope that, that God gives the nation Israel through Ezekiel and God gives every one of us as we look at this prophecy, which has partially been fulfilled through Jesus Christ, and as we wait on Jesus Christ's return, this is what this prophecy is pointing towards to Jesus Christ. So for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue this fascinating uh, and inspiring study through the book of Ezekiel. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Hope you're doing great. And uh, yeah, if you, don't, if you don't believe it, as you said yesterday, get yourself a new universe, huh? So... We'll take. We'll uh, we'll uh, turn the rest of the podcast over to Matali. Take it away, and from me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Ezekiel chapter thirty-four, beginning at verse one, all the way to chapter thirty-six, verse one to verse thirty-eight. So in this section, Doctor J V McGee labeled it as the false shepherd, and then the true shepherd. And the future gathering of the flock. So Ezekiel has a word about these false prophets. So we saw in the previous chapters that we studied, these prophets were going around telling the people that everything was fine and, you know, the city of Jerusalem was not going to be destroyed. God was not going to be destroy the temple because it belonged to him. So they were busy prophesying falsely and, these, and gave these people false hope. But Ezekiel was a true prophet and he was telling them, you know, the time is coming when the temple will be destroyed and the city is going to be destroyed. So Ezekiel has a word about these false prophets. And I'll read from verse 1. It reads, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, 
you know, again, Ezekiel is retaliating the fact that, you know, this is the word of God he's giving out and he's just not giving out things from his own head, his own theories. Verse 2 goes on to read, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves, should not the shepherds feed the flock? So here, you know, these prophets were not giving out the word of God. They were prophesying wrong things and, you know, they were just not giving out the word of God. Instead of feeding the flock with the true word of the Lord, you know, like Ezekiel always retaliates and the word of the Lord came to me saying. So these prophets were misinforming the people. And um, today we see a lot of that. You know, you have a lot of church instead of preaching out the word of God, they just tend to go out there and fleece out um you know, um, offerings from people and they tell people, if you do not give, you not, you shall not be blessed, which is just quite sad because they tend to make that offering as the main point of blessings for the people. So people need to be fed, um, and the word of God, they need to be fed the word of God. And, you know, this is what people are not getting today. If you, if you look at these liberal churches, you know, they give out a lot of promotional messages and they tend to fleece out offering from congregants and, you know, such that they are not giving out the word of God, but they are actually just keep on begging and begging the congregants. I've heard stories, you know, churches where, you know, the minister says, you're not going to leave today until you give out your last penny in your purse. It doesn't matter whether you have to walk home, you know, whether you don't have a car and you have to jump on a, you, you know, the last money you were left with, you know, you had to jump on like public transportation. You're going to walk home because you would have left all your money um, in the house of the Lord and you shall receive your blessings. So instead of feeding the sheep, this is what Ezekiel was saying here, um, the word of the Lord, instead of feeding the sheep, they were not feeding the sheep, they were feeding themselves. And, and they were misguiding people. And this was God's criticism of the false prophets. And they had not given out um, the people the word of God. So verse 4 goes on to read, The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who, are, who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So here... You know, instead of, you know, all of us are needy people. You know, we, we, we have our needs. You know, we have, you know, the physical needs and then we have all the spiritual needs. And, you know, and the only thing that will actually, um, you know, like um, will actually fulfill the, the deep needs that we actually need is the word of God. So people need to be ministered to. And this is what these false prophets didn't do. Instead of ministering to these people, you know, like scripture says, um, you know, the word of God must be actually given out and ministered to the people. So instead of giving out the word of God, you know, like the scripture says here, the weak have not been strengthened. So they did not give out the word of God to strengthen these people. And to, you know, uh, you know, have you healed the sick, um, you know, bound up the broken. So, you know, there was a lot going on. And instead of these prophets giving out the word of God in order to feed the people's soul, in order for the people to actually know um, the true word of God and come to the light, these people were giving them false, uh, false um, messages and, you know, in the end, misdirected the people and these people had false hope, right? So verse 5 goes on to read, So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the, land, of the field when they were scattered. So here when the people are not being fed the word of God in church, they will scatter. And I've seen like a couple of churches, liberal churches, you know, they start really big and all. And, you know, in that church, you know, this, that spirit of God is just not there. 
people will scatter and they will go where they can be fed uh, you know because that's just the nature of a child of God uh, he wants to hear the word of God <clears throat> so I drop down to verse 7 it goes on to read oh sorry verse 6 my sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill yes my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them because they didn't have a shepherd then verse 7 goes on to read therefore you shepherds hear the word of the lord verse 8 as i live says the lord god surely because my flock become a prey and my flock become food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd nor did my shepherd search for my flock but the shepherd fed themselves and did not feed my flock so here god calls these shepherds responsible so they were responsible because they had the word of god so he calls them responsible because they misguided these people and these people ended up scattered because they were looking for the word of god they were not fed the word of god so god says he is against these shepherds he's against these false prophets and you know is opposed to them as you know any sinner or sin and he will hold them responsible because they had that responsibility they were enlightened they had that responsibility of the word of god to give it out but they didn't so drop down to verse 11 of chapter 34 ezekiel and it reads for thus says the lord god indeed i myself will search for my sheep and seek them out so you know we have god's shepherds and ezekiel said you know he's coming he's coming again because he hasn't fulfilled all the um you know prophecies concerning his shepherding here on earth and you know he is coming again christ is coming he is the good shepherd the great shepherd the true shepherd so now here we begin to move into the future you know the bright um hopeful future this is the encouragement of these people because now they're in captivity and you know ezekiel is, is preaching to them of how they should actually live in captivity so you know here they're talking about the sh the shepherd who is coming to seek his flock so he is the good shepherd the great shepherd and the chief shepherd and you know david had actually said um the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you know so the shepherd is coming to to feed us to minister to us and um you know we we can depend on him because um we are protected um you know under he's our rock actually he is our lighthouse and um you know he is the true shepherd so the rest of this chapter has you know a new note to it and i like this chapter um you know the way dr jamie mcgee explained it and he says it's you know this note this note is i will so this is what god says you know from verse 11 um to uh verse 29 of this chapter and um you know he says i will because he's god i will i will you know um so this is grace when god says i will so the good shepherd said come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden i will rest you so god will so we get to verse 12 of chapter 34 and it reads as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep so will i seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day so here 
you know, he came, you know, Christ came over 900, sorry, 1900 years ago. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. So the sheep hear his voice because he is calling them and his sheep know him. So he will come out to seek his sheep when he comes. Verse 13, and they will know, his sheep will know. Um, if you're a child of God, you will know uh, when God is calling. Verse 13 goes on to read, um, and I will bring again, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in all the inhabited places of the country so here this shepherd is talking about the future right and you know the future of the nation israel and what he's going to do in future so uh, they are in captivity because of their sins and they listened to the false prophets and now he's talking about you know the hopeful future for them like what he intends to do if they uh, he intends to gather his sheep you know the remnant that's actually is um there so um verse 14 goes on to read i will feed them in good pasture and their food and their fold shall be on the high mountains of israel there they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of israel verse 15 i will feed my flock and i will make them lie down says the Lord God. So here, you know, when they lie down, um, they are safe. That's what this basically means. Like they will lie down so they will be safe. Because right now, you know, that nation is not safe um, at all. I mean, there's like uh, bunkers that are built up and, you know, there's all these drills in case of this, in case of that. So that nation currently is not safe. But, you know, when the shepherd comes, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd comes to look for his flock, they will be safe. Verse 16 goes on to read um, I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment so here you know the good shepherd when you know he's a kind of person he's a kind of shepherd you know when he loses one sheep out of a hundred he will go looking for that particular sheep because you know other obviously false shepherds will be like oh you know i still have 99 sheep why should i go out looking for one but um he goes out looking for um that one sheep and he will do this for the nation israel you know there's lots of nations out there but he will also do this for the nation israel and for the church and he says i will he will come out and look for his flock so uh, verse 20 goes on to read, Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. So here God says, you know, I will judge. So God will judge. judge God's going to come in judgment. And he will separate the sheep from the goat. Okay. Um, dropping down to verse 22, it reads, Therefore, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep i will establish one shepherd over them and he shall feed them my servant david shall feed them and be their shepherd so here you know the scripture talks of david and you know according to dr david mcgee's opinion 
um, it's that um, David will actually rule on earth, will rule this earth, and he's going to be the vice garant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and here we're talking about the new Jerusalem that will be um, established once Christ comes back. So he's going to be more like, you know, like, uh, you know, like the vice president or something like that, you know, like the vice of, um, of Christ. And verse 24 of scripture goes on to read, and I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. So here, um, you know, God's not through with this particular nation, Israel. Like he, not through, like, you know, other scholars would say, you know, oh, that nation is done and all. He's not through. Scripture has actually said this and this prophecy hasn't been fulfilled yet. Verse 25 goes on to read, I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to seize from the land and I will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods so you know the land and the people here actually go together and when they are in that land being blessed then the people are in you know the right relationship with God so that land and the people go together so you know that not only were the people judged but the land was judged as well so you know you go there it's not a land of milk and honey you know it's it's it's, it's been preyed on these wild beasts um foreigners and you know it's just been preyed on it's not you know that blessed land because it has been judged by god verse 28 goes on to read and they shall no longer be a prey for the nations nor shall beasts of the land devour them but they shall dwell safely and no one shall make them afraid so today you know they are a prey to other nations. If you look at the nation Israel, so it's in the news and all. You know, they may have their own government, their own flag, their own army, their own everything. But, you know, those people, they, you know, God hasn't yet restored that particular land um, to the people. So that prophecy hasn't been fulfilled yet. But, you know, all this will end because God says, I will. So he is a, a God of I will. And God doesn't go back on his promises. He fulfills his promises. Um, so he's not true with that nation, Israel. So now we get to chapter 35. In chapter 35, um, I'll read verse 1. It reads, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it and say to it, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O Mount Seir, I am against you. I will stretch out my hand against you and make you most desolate. I shall lay your cities waste and you shall be desolate. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So here, you know, here they're talking about Edom. That nation Edom. And there was a city called Petra. And it's actually desolate. Like really, really desolate. Right? So I drop down to verse 9. Of chapter 35, it says, I will make you perpetually desolate and your cities shall be uninhabited. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So here he said this. Um, if we go back to chapter 25, verse 14 of Ezekiel. Let me just quickly turn there. So that's chapter 25, verse 14. And it reads, I will lay my vengeance on um, Edom by the hand of my people Israel and they may do in Edom according to my anger and according to my fury and they shall know my vengeance says the Lord God 
So here, you know, he said, this was actually said in, in this, that's the verse I'm just reading, that's um, chapter 25, verse 14, and he says it again here. And, you know, this is inserted here. Why? Because Edom was Jacob's brother, Esau, and he became a bitter enemy to this nation, and he hurts Israel, you know, more than any other, um, you know, nation surrounding Israel did. And Edom represents the enemy of God in this world so the enemy that will rise in the last days that's the antichrist and he's brought in here to show that god is going according to his program right god has a program and a purpose for um all of us so here and the program is like so so here the people will be restored to the land um that's a place of blessing and the people restored are put there in peace but the enemy is still um, abound. And then God judges the enemy that's here, that's inserted here, that's Edom. Um, and, you know, other nations that God's going to judge. And then we'll see the worship of God's people living um, in peace and blessings. You know, that's the glorious future for them. So that's what we actually see here. So I'll just drop down to verse 15 of chapter 35 and just quickly read through it and says, As you rejoice because the inheritance of the house of Israel was desolate, so I will do to you. You shall be desolate, O Mount Seir, as well as all of Edom, all of us, then they shall know that I am the Lord. So, you know, that land is desolate now and, um, you know, God's judgment came upon it because Edom represents, you know, the enemy of God. Now we move on to chapter 36 of Ezekiel and here we have the restoration of Israel to the land. And here verse 1 goes on to read, And you, son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel is to prophesy. I'll drop down to verse 5, which reads, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nation and against all Edom, who gave my land to themselves as a position with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open country so here god has stated that the wicked will not inherit the earth they won't right now yeah they're like having a good time time of their lives and they they are running the show um, but god stated that the meek shall inherit the earth so i'm um, dropping down to script scripture verse six goes on to read therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountain, the hills, the rivers, and the valleys, thus says the Lord God, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and my fury because you have borne the shame of the nations. Verse 7, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I have raised my hand in an oath that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. Verse 8, but you, O mountain of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. So here we have the prophecy concerning the fact that, um, you know, the land is to be restored. So this prophecy is not yet fulfilled because when he brings them back to the land, um, he will actually bless them. And, you know, here God says, you know, he will bring them back to the land soon. So here it says... Um, for they are about to come. So he, here he says, But, O mountain of Israel, you, sh you shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. So here, 
it's it's stated like you know it's soon going to happen and soon to god is not our soon you know one day is a thousand years you know one day to god for us is like a thousand years so dropping down in scripture verse 16 um, of chapter 36 it reads moreover the word of the lord came to me saying so again here he's reiterating the fact that he is speaking the word of the lord son of man when the house of israel dwelt in their own land they defiled it by their own ways and deeds to me their way was like the uncleanliness of a woman in her customary impurity verse 18 therefore i poured out my fury on them for the blood they had shed on the land and for their idols with which they had defiled it so here the prophets concerning the future of the people um and um you know that's what is being talked about here and the people and the land belong together so you know the mosaic law that was given to the people it was also for the land as well and um here you know they defiled the land and this prophecy was given concerning you know the people and the land as well so god judged both the people and the land verse 19 um you know <clears throat> goes on to read so i scattered them amongst the nations and they were dispersed throughout the countries i judged them according to their ways and their deeds so these people were scattered um, among the nations um, verse 21 goes on to read but I had concern for my holy name which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations wherever they went they say to the house of Israel thus says the Lord God I do not do this for your sake O house of Israel but for my holy name's sake which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went right <clears throat> so here God's has yet to actually defend his name. So they profaned uh, these people of Israel. They, wherever they went, the nations they went, they profaned the word of God because they, you know, they, 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 they worshipped idols and these were people who were exposed to the light. And you know, God is yet to defend his name on this earth today. So people today, you know, they ridicule God's people and they ridicule the church and they say, oh, look at those people. And you know, they blaspheme God today, but God will justify himself on earth and sanctify his name. So verse 26 <clears throat> goes on to read, um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So here God says that he is going to, what he's actually going to do, he's going to change, um, you know, change is actually going to take place. He's going to change us. He will take and it will take place um, in them. You know, they will be born again. We will be born again. Uh, he will give us a new heart. Um, you know, even when he restores these people, back to the land they will be born again verse 27 goes on to read i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in the in my status and you will keep my judgment and do them you know a day is coming when god will actually pour out his spirit on all flesh you know um like joel had actually said you know like at the day of pentecost you know um the spirit of god was poured out on some uh, and not everyone so um the you know the minute we actually turn to christ we are um you know we are rejuvenated by the spirit the holy spirit and um it's indwelt in us um you know when god pours out his holy spirit 
and we are baptized by the Holy Spirit and put in the body of believers. So, um, you know, that day is coming when God will pour out his, um, his, uh, his spirit um, on all flesh, on all believers. So now uh, verse 29 goes on to read, I will deliver you from all your uncleanliness. I will call for the grain to and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. So there will be uh, prosperity in that land. And, you know, God promised uh, physical blessings to them as he has promised spiritual blessings to us. So now I'll read, dropping down, verse 35. Uh, scripture goes on to read so they will say this land that was desolate has become like the garden of eden and the wasted desolate and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited um then the nations which are left all around you shall know that i the lord have rebuilt and have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate i the lord have spoken it and I will do it. Verse 37, thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. I will increase their men like a flock. Verse 38, like a flock offered as holy sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast day, so shall the ruined city be filled with flocks of men then they shall know that I am the Lord. So here it concludes with a prophecy. They shall know that he is the Lord. And that day is coming when all will know that he is the Lord. You know, when the Lord actually comes and fulfills his prophecy and comes to reign here on earth. So everyone will know, and uh, you know, every tongue will prophesy and every knee will bow. That, and, you know, they will know that Jesus Christ is lord so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in god bless and have a pleasant day bye-bye